4: Welcome in. It's the Early Line right here on Sports It's Wednesday morning. Governor Walsh joined by Donnie Wrightside. Donnie, it's the first time I've done a Wednesday in mm. three months. Excited to be here. I feel like in some degree, am I stepping on your territory a little bit? I think you're happy to have me in the saddle,
5: though. How are we feeling? Nah, it's a wonderful day out here. It's always nice when, you know, what do you work with me? Maybe a couple times a week here. It used to be a lot, but when you get some time off... You can spend mm. it wisely here, KW. I'm always here. That's one thing. The people know when they tune in, no the doubt. grid, DRS
6: showing up for work, yes.
4: Again, we we talk about it. It's impressive for you to, you know, always be here and still work less than I do. Um, we give you a lot of applaud uh, and praise for such a thing. Seven and seven headlines. Argentina advance to the World Cup final. Lionel Messi continues his brilliance throughout this tournament uh, early on the score sheet with a made penalty, and assist to really seal this game in the second half, and a 3-0 final, Argentina moves past Croatia and is waiting on the winner of France-Morocco.
5: Yeah, how about that? One of the guys in the conversation for greatest of all time. And if we remember, Kevin, Argentina lost their first game in the World Cup here. And Lionel Messi said, you know what? That probably helped us here to get motivated so we can play better Mm -hmm. soccer. And here they are in the final.
4: And we've seen that across all sports where sometimes people say, you know what, they needed that loss as a bit of a wake-up call. For those that remember, Argentina had not lost 36 consecutive international matches going into that game, and obviously they have been on fire since. We will talk about that victory as well as the game between France and Morocco. That is coming on up in the National Football League news that did seem confirmed, but officially official Kyler Murray out for the remainder of the season with an ACL injury injury, a crushing, crushing blow to the Arizona Cardinals, who will not only not have Kyler Murray for the rest of this year, but
5: probably for most of next season as well. How oh, the mighty have fallen, Kevin. If you want to rewind back maybe a year's time, whoa, look at that, Arizona. Could they be the best team in football now sending their entire franchise into disarray into the offseason? Are we going to keep our coach? Are we going to keep our quarterback? Or what are we going to do to sign a new quarterback? It's devastation there. You're right for the Arizona Cardinals.
4: Last night in the NBA, the Lakers and Celtics traded what was set to be either team's worst loss of the season. It looks like the Lakers were able to wear that crown. Down by 20 points in the second half of this basketball game, they found the way to be up 13 with about 4 minutes remaining and then proceeded to allow this game to go to overtime and choke it away in the overtime frame. to Jason Tatum with 44 points. The Lakers spoil a pair of 30-plus point performances from LeBron James and Anthony Davis.
5: Yeah, the superstars certainly filled up the buckets. There's no doubt about that, but also a nice bounce-back win for the Celtics. They didn't play very well against another Los Angeles team the night before in the same building. 122-118, Celtics don't care. They'll take that W.
4: An old-school LeBron box score. The entire starting lineup minus eight or worse. LeBron plus 10, 33 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. Though at the end of the game, LeBron was as big of an issue as anybody on this basketball team. They are now 11 and 16, the same exact record as Donnie's boys, Shea Gilgis, Alexander's Oklahoma mm. City Thunder. Our radio audience is here this Wednesday morning. The early line, Sirius XM Channel 159 going through some of the top headlines in the NBA last night, including the Milwaukee Bucks absolutely dismantling the Golden State Warriors. This was over early with an 11-point lead after one, and Milwaukee never looked back. 128-111 to 111 was the final score.
5: One of those things that make you scratch your head and sometimes it's just so simple. You look at the line and say, Boy, Milwaukee seems like a sure price here. Why? Because one team is two and eleven on the road and the other team is twelve and three at home. If you just make that little sharp analysis, go, Hey, one team wins at home, one team loses on the road. Congratulations. You probably cashed in a check easily last night on the Milwaukee Bucks.
4: And just to, you know, sneak in a little crystal ball. What if I told you the Golden State Warriors were going to make 23s on the road? (laughs) But yeah, they lost the game by 17 points and went under their listed team total. The Phoenix Suns playing some bad basketball right now. They've now lost five consecutive games. They were playing top contenders, though. Perhaps that was forgivable. Well, now they just walked into the Houston Rockets building and got. Handled comfortably here, one eleven to ninety seven. Things not all good right now in Phoenix.
5: No, certainly not all good here. And also, Devin Booker didn't play last night, and they were still holding that what five and a half, six and a half, seven point mm-hmm. line all day long, and they got beat, and rightfully so. Here, you can't just roll that basketball and say, "Hey, we're the Suns. We're supposed to win." Four and nine now on the road. What's up with some of these teams that are supposed to be good, Kevin, losing <laughs> consistently now on the road? Sheesh. And
4: I tell you, you look at some of those Chris Paul numbers and you
5: ask yourself, did
4: father time show up a little too early for the Phoenix Suns point guard there? Last night, a huge signing in the Major League Baseball free agency period as we see Carlos Correa ink a deal to go to the Bay with the San Francisco Giants. Huge contract, over $350 million
5: over 13 years. Yeah, we're an off-season or two away from guys getting 15-year, $500 million contracts. Major League Baseball, nobody watches it. It's a dying sport. Yeah, check the financials.
4: Wait till Otani gets to splash the bucket. It'll be a big-time deal. Speaking of big deals, Alexander Olvechkin, a big deal
3: last night. A hat trick as he gets to his 800th. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Back right here on Sports City. I want to take this opportunity to look at
4: the win yesterday for Argentina and, of course, the game today that'll take place between France and Morocco. To start with the Argentina victory, this was a, a spot where I think some people had felt that while Croatia's earned every bit of being here, they were not playing at the highest of levels. And that was flashed early on once Argentina grabbed the first goal it felt like they were just going to continue to pour in now I know there was a big gap in between goal number two and goal number three but the game never felt in doubt it was Argentina early it was Argentina in the middle and it was Argentina late this was their game probably the best performance for this Argentinian side that we've seen throughout their run here at World Cup 2022 anything jump off for of the page Donnie as you watch this game here probably I would imagine the I- incredible performance of Lionel Messi uh, stood out some.
5: Yeah, I was very impressed with Argentina obviously getting three goals. Cause as you know, once you get to these knockout stage games, it's not about how many goals you can set up, like an all-star game. You figure like one team gets one goal and then everybody hunkers in. They were still wide open on offense and played well. And also, Croatia needing to attack the entire second half had a clean sheet there, didn't give up a single goal. But you know what my biggest takeaways, Kevin, what I like about this is if you ask any person that's just not a die hard soccer fan like myself, hey, are you gonna tune into the final on Sunday? Well, who is it? France versus Argentina. You know what? I'm checking into that. Nothing against Croatia, but Croatia, France sounds a lot different than Argentina. You want to see if Lionel Messi can finally cap that career with a World Cup championship? I love it. I think it's fantastic that if France does advance, you got exactly what you wanted. For me, as the common fan that wants to dip in and say, hey, give me an interesting match to watch.
4: Unsurprising that you found a way to once
5: again take another shot at Croatia and the yes. I mean, the cool. relevance uh, of hold on <laughs> hold on but let uh, me now i'm glad you brought that up because i wasn't even thinking on this timeline the one true like i'm not a soccer handicapper as much as people think and i win all the time in soccer It's simple right. Let's keep it real simple forget about the players on the field turn the tv on look at the uniforms or like we say the kits in soccer right if one team right. is wearing a kit you've never seen in your life that doesn't match anything, the other team, Argentina, 3 nothing. Spain came out there with the baby blue Carolinas, wiped off the face of the earth. Now, if we get into this final, Kevin, and Argentina's not wearing the normal kit, France in a runaway, absolute runaway. And if and if
4: France, instead of wearing yeah. the blue in this match against wrap. Morocco, yeah. they wear like an alt red Pick. or something. Teal. It, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. it looks so like the Miami Dolphins a... out there. It's a wrap. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, so something to keep in mind. For the analysis, I want to, before we get to today's game, I want to bring up something. There's an odd, there's odds to win player of the tournament listed right now. This was kind of a neck and neck situation between Messi and Mbappe. But after yesterday's game, Messi is now sat at minus 320 to Killian Mbappe's plus 280. Messi is Messi. He has been otherworldly and of course is beloved and adored. France is favored to get past Morocco quite comfortably and will be favored over Argentina in the final match. Mbappe scores every single game he plays in, and it's not as like he's trailing all too far in the assist market either. Do you see a... Any value on that plus 280 ticket on Achille Kylian Mbappe, considering that France is still favored to win? Messi has, I believe, won this in a losing effort the year they lost in the final to Germany. But it's not as if France has been there without Mbappe being a superstar. He has been as good,
5: close to it at least, to Messi during this run. Yeah, and probably you're just equating this to one team, Kevin, is already in the World Cup final while the other still has to win today. So injury can take place, Mm -hmm. not playing a good game. You know, France gets – even if they win, gets extended out where he doesn't have many touches today. I think that's going to be an indicator there, but I think we could both agree the winning team is going to get their guy to have that golden ball, right? That just seems like the way it's going to match up.
4: You you typically would think so, though I think these yeah. odds now, considering that you're checking in at a minus 120 for Argentina to win the whole thing, yet minus 320 for Messi to win player of the tournament, there seems yeah. to be an indication that Messi could secure this in a losing effort, which certainly speaks volumes. All right, we'll you up for today's game. Let's help uh, get our friends over at Sporting News. Mike DeCorsi here to let us know what he thinks heading into France-Morocco.
6: What if I told you the best player at this World Cup is not named Kylian Mbappe? Yeah, you'd probably assume I was talking about Lionel Messi. Both are huge names in the sport and have been terrific in this World Cup. And, of course, they're going to be the guys who come to mind at this point but the guy who might be the best bet to win the golden ball as the tournament's best player is a pretty big star himself hi i'm mike deCourcy of the sporting news and this is your world cup update now when i say the best bet i do not mean francis antoine griezmann is the most likely player to win the golden ball if argentina wins the world cup messi is going to be an automatic winner of that award even if lutaro martinez gets a hat trick in both the semi and final and if France wins and Mbappe scores another goal or two, it's highly likely he'll be the golden ball winner. But the award isn't always given to the biggest star on the winning team, or Luka Modric wouldn't have left Russia with that trophy after Croatia finished his runner-up four years ago. A player's influence on the game can be noticed by those making the selection. And no one has been more impactful at this tournament. No one has played better than Griezmann. He's been at the center of nearly everything good that's happened for France, He was by far the best player on the field in their important quarterfinal win over England. He is only fourth in line in golden ball odds right now, and the payout for a small investment could be significant. Of course, for him to get that trophy, France is going to have to overcome the winner between Argentina and Croatia in the final, and more immediately, Morocco in Wednesday's semi. If you're a believer in the home team, and Morocco will have nearly the entire stadium supporting in Qatar the rest of the way, you have to give Morocco some serious thought. You're getting more than 10 times your money back if you go for them winning the World Cup and they pull it off. Scoring against Morocco has proven to be impossible for opponents. If they can get the next two to finish scoreless and either squeeze out a goal or win in penalty shootouts, they'll be the first team from the African continent and Arab world to win the World Cup. And that could be a big payday, for anyone who invests in them, too.
4: Great stuff there from Mike DeCorsi. Today's match, again, between Morocco and France. France is a minus four, uh, minus four, 440 favorite to qualify for the next round. On the 90-minute triple money line, they check in at a minus 180 price. Uh, is there anything for today's match here in the semifinal that looks tempting to you?
5: Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be Mbappe to score, right? Anytime goal scorer plus 130 at this point, you figure the more skilled side is France. They're a heavy favorite into this one, and big-time players step up in big games. I'll go Mbappe. Mm -hmm. I know it's chalk there, plus 130, but it's still a plus money number, and I would be surprised if he doesn't factor into the scoring.
4: We have seen the scoring be very difficult to come by against Morocco. So I think seeing that plus 130 number, as opposed to the usual minus price next to Mbappe's name goes to show. In fact, this this team is now five matches deep into this world cup run here. They've allowed just one goal. Shout out offensive powerhouse Canada for finding the score sheet uh, in that match uh, against, uh, and it was an own goal by the way, against Morocco. So, Under two and a half when France has some talent in their own right on the defensive side does make sense here, right? Morocco is not exactly favored to score in this match. It's actually minus 164 for the no on both teams to score, but minus 146 on the no or on the under two and a half goals. It does line up when you look at it there. France 3-0 feels like a lot for, again, a team that's only allowed one goal, and it was an own goal through five matches. The other number today that's very tempting to me is over 8.5 corners at a minus-120 price. Morocco allows a lot of corners to the best teams that they've played. Portugal, Spain, and Belgium, on their own, all had nine-plus corners against Morocco. This is, and this here is able to capture the entire game. There's a chance you get over this number on just France's back alone, but anything Morocco is able to do in the corner department will be a boost here to this number that checks in at a slight minus 120 that's world cup 2022 breakdown
3: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: Ah. the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court
2: Back right here on the early line. And the NBA had a light card
4: yesterday. Only five games. Yet it was as relevant of a slate as I think we've seen so far in this early season. And the Lakers-Celtics game to me was center of that all. As the Celtics went in on a two-game losing streak, a team that's only lost seven times this season, and two difficult looks stepping up against the Warriors and not being able to answer the call, and then the Clippers really beating them up pretty good. Having to close out this West Coast trip here on the back-to-back against the Lakers was a spot that could be difficult, but you know that Boston playing three bad games in a row was pretty unlikely, and that was all playing out in front of you. Celts up 20-plus, Jason Tatum in his bag. No surprise really there if you've been following this Boston team. And then all of a sudden, maybe the leg's catching up to them. And all of a sudden, the Lakers flipping a switch. The Lakers on a run as they cut it to 15, to 10, to single digits. Okay, this team is now winning this basketball game with all of the momentum in the world. AD unstoppable, LeBron unstoppable, Russell Westbrook contributing to winning basketball. It was going perfectly until it wasn't once again now for the other side. The Lakers' legs completely gone as they tried to power through and play every single minute of the fourth quarter, seemingly every single minute of the second half of this basketball game to try and find what would have been a key victory for them here in the beginning 30 or so games of this season. They couldn't close. They started to make bad decisions on both sides of the basketball, and they let one slip. And here is the biggest thing for this Lakers season. As we've evaluated them over their last... 10 to 15 games. The Lakers clearly are significantly better than the team that started 2 and 10, but they still started 2 and 10. The Lakers have the best duo in the NBA and are far from a guarantee to even make the play-in, where you only need to be a top 10 team in your conference because they started two, and ten. We talk about will they make trades, call the Knicks, call the Pistons, call the Jazz, call the Pacers. And we still don't know if they're going to do that because the front office has hesitation because they started two and ten. On a nightly basis, Donnie, we watch Anthony Davis play at an MVP level. LeBron showed that despite being in year 20, he is still a top ten player in the NBA. But we are not sure whether we will be watching them play in the postseason because they started two and ten, and when you start two and ten, you cannot afford losses like this here because this team now sits. At 11 and 16, the same record as the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're better than 11 and 16, but it doesn't change the fact that that still is the record they hold, and they are absolutely behind the eight ball as this season continues.
5: Why does it feel to me like the Los Angeles Lakers who are about winning championships and now all of a sudden find themselves winning moral victories? Like, hey, man, Boston, one of the best teams in the uh, league at this point here, fought them hard, had a lead, just couldn't close it out. I remember going back to the last road trip, Kevin, after the loss to Philadelphia, where they had a mad frenzy there at the end. Probably should have won the game if AD could make an extra free throw, which he missed. But LeBron James and Anthony Davis sat side by side, and LeBron James sent something very interesting to me. Hey, guys, look. I know it was a tough one tonight, but if we go on the road in the next game, which they were on their their, their road streak here, and beat Detroit, that's going to be a great road trip for us. I had to go back and check the notes. That meant that they would be 500 on the road, and LeBron was like, man, that, that's a great trip here. So then coming back home and playing the Boston Celtics, who were playing on back-to-back nights, I come away with this. The Lakers like, hey, man. Look, A.D. played well. I played well. Talking about LeBron James. We just came up a little bit short. And then you have to check the stats, right? 11 and 16 on the season. I know you keep saying they started 2 and 10 overall. But something has to change because I'm now looking at this team and saying, and it's the same thing I said. If you had again, Crystal ball time, right? You're playing the Celtics. You're playing the Kings. You're playing the Sixers. Whoever in the Mm -hmm. league. If I tell you, by the way, AD had 37 points and LeBron had 33, that's a 25-point win by the Lakers in the past, like, just to say, five years when the Lakers were actually a decent squad. So either I'm led to believe that their hollow points were, it's LeBron, AD, and that is the worst constructed roster in the NBA that we've seen Mm -hmm. so far.
4: So here is the thing with this Lakers run, right? So they are now 27 games into the season, 2-10. and 10. Over the last 15, their losses at Phoenix, no LeBron, hardly an indictment. A buzzer-beater loss to the Indiana Pacers, heartbreaking, a legitimate collapse. But it's not as if they got embarrassed. They lose to Cleveland as Anthony Davis exited the game eight minutes in with flu-like symptoms. Yeah, I see how that would happen. They didn't play LeBron or AD in Toronto. They punted a basketball game. The Sixers, they couldn't... Ha- Anthony Davis couldn't make free throws, and they lose in overtime. And the Celtics, by the way, Anthony Davis, again, couldn't make clutch free throws, and they lose in overtime. So you go through these six losses, and there's nothing there that is embarrassing, shows that this run is fluky. I am not telling you that they should be winners of 15 games in a row. What I'm saying is there are... There encouraging signs but they can't afford encouraging signs they need to win basketball games because here is the sneaky other problem or maybe not sneaky and maybe unbelievably obvious what happens when one of these two being LeBron and AD miss a two-week stretch does anybody really trust them to both be out there From now until the end of this season, it's very hard to, considering LeBron's already missed a week of basketball this year, and AD is AD. It's the truth of it all. It's why if this team, instead of 11-16 was 16-11, and you'd be able to say, hey, look, one of them's going to miss some time, but they're fine. You know how we talk about the Warriors, Donnie? Just get them to the playoffs, right? The same way we talk about the Brooklyn Nets or the 76ers or who, just get them to the playoffs, The Lakers, we could say that, but we don't know if they're going to be there. And as we sit here and watch LeBron and AD rip off 40-plus-minute nights, they can only play Pat Bev 19 minutes, who is supposed to be there as a defensive stopper. Meanwhile, Boston is quite literally attempting to have him guard their best players so their best players can carve him up like a hot knife through butter. The Lakers have to make moves if they want to get better, but it still seems like they are holding back here, this front office, because they're just not positive as to whether or not it's actually worth investing in this basketball team, which is all a bit maddening. To slip this in quickly here, Jason Tatum, 44-9-6, and six, a phenomenal performance, killer ice cold shot to send it to overtime, big shot after big shot here, the MVP favorite. Jason Tatum has been phenomenal this season. I still, though, DRS, do not have a read on if the voters this season are going to see the most important piece of criteria as a team's record. If so, then yes, Tatum should be your MVP. But again, no slight, he has not been the best player in the NBA by any metric or measure.
5: Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see. And quite frankly, I'm actually stunned that he's at plus two fifty price because the old stalwarts here, who every single night seem to get knocked, unless like last night, Milwaukee Bucks one twenty eight one eleven win, Giannis thirty and twelve. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Like I, again, I always bring that point up because it's relatively true. Like you saw Tatum rise up. Tatum is a phenomenal player, but if we're talking about MVP, most valuable player, you can't live without. Take Giannis off that team. Take Giannis off the Milwaukee Bucks and see how they survive. Now, I'm not saying that you can't just take Tatum off of the Celtics and they would be a bottom feeder. They have some other good players around them. But when we're looking at guys, take Luka off the Dallas Mavericks. They're in the lottery every single year. And then when you turn a Luka game on, you're like, hey, 35, 15, and 12. That's what he's supposed to do something that's legitimately off the charts. So I do think it's interesting that Giannis at the FanDuel Sportsbook, three to one price, Luka Doncic plus 350 with Tatum up front at plus 250. It feels like too right? That the Celtics will have to be the number one seed in the East and they will have to have the best overall record in the NBA. That'll give them those extra credit points. But if not, it's probably going to be Giannis and Doncic again for my money.
4: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. You mentioned that performance by Giannis. It did lack in efficiency, but again, 30, 12, and 5 is 30, 12, and 5. The Warriors were dominated in this game, and maybe the biggest indictment is that it's not surprising in the slightest. The fact that they were embarrassed by the Bucks is not a headline-catching score. I, I, when you saw that final score, 128-111, were you surprised at all? That Milwaukee put 128 on this basketball team here? You went, oh, yeah, the game was on the road. Of course they did. At some point, we can't just keep looking at every Warriors result as, ah, it's early. Because for the Lakers, people have not been considering them a legitimate contender anyway. The Warriors are the defending champions. They're 28 games in. They're 500. They're 2-12 and on the road. And the 10th seed
5: in the West. Yes. And look at the record right now, Kevin, 14 and 14 they They're two and 12 on the road. Just get them to the playoffs. Kevin, they're not going to be the number one overall seed where you go, Hey, who, yep. we'll lose every game on the road. It doesn't matter because we win at home. <laughs> That's not going to be the case. What are the Warriors going to end up with seven wins on the season on the road? And yeah, we're going to treat crazy. them the same way. Like, Hey, just get them to the playoffs. Something has to change here for the Warriors. That's embarrassing.
4: And we'll, we'll talk about this an hour or two. We'll get you a little NBA preview for tonight's card. A spoiler. Like, they play play the Pacers tonight. In Indiana, they're probably just going to bench everybody. Again, despite being 14-14, and uh, uh, incapable of winning any games on the road, Steph's played two games in the last, like, 10 days, and they're probably going to send Jordan Poole out there by himself to score 29 in a double-digit loss Back in the mix here on the early line, and I wanted to take a look between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys' remaining schedules, current win totals, and their Week 16 matchup. You almost get a feeling that this game between the Eagles and the Cowboys is this week, the way people are talking about it, anticipating it here, and it's because the game is that important. It's that meaningful, it feels this season. It's also because it does appear like a game that a lot of people who don't like the Philadelphia Eagles or don't believe in the Philadelphia Eagles are waiting on as their one true hope and dream for the Eagles to lose what would potentially be their second game this year and go, aha, see, they're not good at all. It's a fascinating one to get to. But we'll talk about week 16 in a moment. I want to look at these teams' remaining schedules and get an idea of where we think they're going to land. There's a world that the winner of that game wins the division. There's a world where the game is completely irrelevant to the divisional race. Let's begin with the Philadelphia Eagles, who are obviously in the driver's seat here with just one loss early season. They play the Chicago Bears this week just under a double-digit favorite on the road. Then they make that trip to Dallas. They'll host the New Orleans Saints and host the New York Giants. The win total checks in right now. At 14-and-a-half, the juice, though, is minus 190 towards the over. When you look at this Philadelphia Eagles schedule here, what do you see, Donnie? Any value? I know you're not afraid to lay juice. Any value on that 14-and-a-half number either direction?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's four games left. The Eagles will win three of those games. No question in my mind. And how about if I told you this? There's a chance that the Eagles lose. it. Let's just say Eagles lose to the Cowboys. Still getting it. Almost mm. like I don't there's no such thing as guarantees or locks, but that's how confident I am. The Chicago Bears game is on the road this weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's gonna be twenty degrees out there. Now most times you say, ooh, high flying offense, 20 degrees. They could be in trouble. Is there any team in the NFL built for 20 degrees or less or snowy, rainy conditions and the Philadelphia Eagles are? They'll win that football game. Let's just say they go into Dallas. And wait, right now, I'm actually looking at some of the future lines. The Cowboys are favored between minus one to minus one and a half at this point. So let's just say mm-hmm. the Eagles take a loss there. Uh-oh. They got to win their final two games at home against a dome team with the Saints with absolutely nothing to play for. And then if they need to beat the Giants on the last game of the season, just to keep that number one seed, because that's the crux of the argument, right? Well, why do they even need to play down the stretch here? If you lose to the Cowboys, there is a chance. Chance that either a they can catch you or you stumble, and maybe even the Minnesota Vikings can catch you for that one seed. So in effect, the Eagles do still need to win three of these final games. Now, Kevin, let's play devil's advocate. Eagles wipe out the Chicago Bears, wipe out the Dallas Cowboys. That means they're probably going to clinch the NFC East championship and also the number one seed, which leaves two games at home against the Saints and the Giants. Well, if you think hmm. Nick Sirianni is going to say, "Okay, we clinched everything." Let's sit everybody for basically a month. That's not happening. They're going to play the Saints hard there with the Saints nothing to play for. The Giants game, the Giants probably end up winning that game because the Eagles will sit their starters in that one here. But there are three wins left on the Eagles schedule, no matter how you paint that picture. There's, because I, I agree, I think we're looking to play devil's
4: advocate. Let me offer up a separate scenario. Okay. A world where they lose to the Dallas Cowboys... Mm -hmm. and we're going to get to the Cowboys schedule in a minute here, but the Cowboys then lose outside of it, and the Eagles basically still have the division wrapped up going into Week 18 with already a loss on their plate. I think the interesting thing is the Giants are playing a level of football right now considering the Eagles are home. Gardner Minshew and backups. That line is no more than Giants minus three. It, like... Am, am, I, am I crazy here? The Giants are not going to go into Philadelphia and lay a touchdown because the Eagles' backups are in. No. So that's the difficulty here. But I tend to agree with you. I think you're going to need some help, right, to – ha- if, if the Eagles are not playing starters against the Giants, which you would be relying on, it would feel as if they've already crossed over this number. It's about whether or not you see value in minus 190, which is what this number is on 14 and a half. But you can tell the Cowboys are going to factor into that. The Cowboys' next four games is a little more interesting, a little trickier, I think, to try and navigate here. They go to Jacksonville this week. In classic Jags fashion, if I asked you about that game two weeks ago, you would say, what are the Cowboys going to be? A touchdown favorite, paste, dominate that team, run them out of the building. Now, the Jaguars just went and obliterated the Tennessee Titans. Dallas struggled with Houston, and it's a a four-and-a-half-point line. Then Dallas gets to host the Philadelphia Eagles. They make a trip to the Tennessee Titans, who are definitely trending in the wrong direction, but never really an easy out, or at least rarely an easy out. And then they close in Washington, who almost assuredly will need that football game week 18. The win total here is 12-and-a-half. So the same requirement of 3-1 and for the Dallas Cowboys to go over the number. Though the juice is significantly lighter, instead of minus 190 to the over, it's minus 105
5: to the over. What do you think here about the Cowboys' remaining schedule? It's a lot tougher than the Philadelphia Eagles. Why? Because it's hard to win games in the NFL on the road. You know, it's even harder to do with four games left. Every single one of those teams are going to be playing for something this week. The Jacksonville Jaguars under the belief that we can still make a playoff run by winning our division. The Philadelphia Eagles on deck there Christmas Eve. They have illusions of, we want to win a Super Bowl. in order to do that. We got to beat the Dallas Cowboys and also clinch the number one overall seed in the NFC. So we can get that by. Then you come out and you're going to take on the Titans on the road. You know, What Titans are going to be fighting for the division at that point in the final game of the season. The commander's probably still going to be in line for a chance at getting at least the seventh seed here in the NFC three of the four games on the road. The one you got home is the best team in the NFL, and you need three wins on this? That's why the Philadelphia Eagles were priced at the minus 190 to get it done, because I do think they will. And I look at the Dallas Cowboys at a minus 105 price in order to get those three wins. I don't think they do, because as I'm looking with the Eagles, how things play out with the loss to the Cowboys, I think there's two automatic victories if they need them by taking on the Saints and taking on the Giants in the final game of the season. I don't see that for for the Dallas Cowboys. And also, let's keep in mind, Let's just say they beat the Jaguars and lose to the Eagles. Kevin, if you take a look at the standings across the NFC, the second-place teams, there's nobody even close to Dallas's record. You say, well, Donnie, why is that important? Because obviously, as we know, if you are a division champion, you get the bump up no matter what your record is that you're going to have home field advantage if you have to play the Cowboys. Now, if the Cowboys are in a position with two games to go and even that last game going, we can't improve our seed. We don't get a bye. Look, we would love to knock the Commanders out of the playoffs, but it's more important for us not to get CeeDee Lamb, Zeke, Pollard, you know, any one of our superstar players. Michael Parsons hurt in this last game. I just don't see three wins out of there. I don't. I think the
4: issue is Dallas does feel like maybe the biggest favorite in all of football to not be playing their starters in Week 18 at this rate. The, the, The wild card teams behind them have no prayer. As it right, a- and because isn't there's a world where Sirianni is like, nah, we have the bye coming. Like Jalen's gonna play a half. Remember Rodgers played a half against Detroit last year. Now they still lost that game, but they did leave Rodgers out yeah. there for a half of football. The Cowboys, if they're prepping for the Bucks the next week, which is, that's kind of the presumed outcome, they're, like, they're not playing anybody against Washington. It's Cooper not Rush. a chance. Yeah. The the odd thing though with with the Cowboys is. All four of these games are winnable. In fact, considering they are a slight favor to the Eagles, they'll be favored in all of these games. Washington, again, it depends if they need it or not, right? Although, it depends how many guys are benched against Washington because we've seen Cooper Rush win football games. But the Cowboys are also the kind of team that feels like they can lose any of these games. Not all four of them. It's just you saw it against the Texans. Dak's been dealing with bad turnovers there. I know it's like, oh, man, look at how they beat the Colts. They, there was a two-point conversion away from tying that up deep into the third quarter. The game got away from them. They trailed the Giants at half. I, they, they lost to the Green Bay Packers. I'm just This is not a scenario where I feel as if the Dallas Cowboys are untouchable on a week-in, week-out basis. Though you would still think they'd get to that 13th, or that 13th victory. I just don't know if they're playing anybody here in week number 18, which becomes difficult. And a lot of this can all boil down to this head-to-head game. The line is out there and available. It's funny, it's, you know, the whole week 16 is out there. You should start scrolling through because it does feel like such a huge game relative to everything else around it. The Cowboys are a one-point favorite at home. I expected Dallas to be a favorite. I actually thought they'd be a little bit of a bigger favorite here. Again, when you when you listen to the analysis that people have provided on Philadelphia and Dallas, there's a lot of people who seemingly think the Cowboys are the better football team. Now, maybe not by a ton, but a lot of people that I think would have said if Dallas and Philly played on a neutral field, they'd make it Dallas minus one, minus one and a half, maybe minus two. I thought this would be Dallas two and a half. I didn't think they'd hang a full three considering the Eagles are the Eagles. But this here does, I think, show Philly some respect. What do you take away when you see this Week 16 Cowboys-Eagles line?
5: What would the line be if they lost to the Texans at home, you know, this past week here? Mm. We don't know. What's going the line going to be next week if they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars? And the reason why I'm bringing that up, too, is because is there a notion out here? Because I, I can't find this. The, the Philadelphia Eagles, as a team and an organization, head coach all the way down to players, they don't look at it the same way handicappers and gamblers look at it. You know, they want to win that football game. But from our perspective, you're on the outside going, like, have to win this game this isn't like the cowboys win and all of a sudden the cowboys overtake the philadelphia eagles the eagles can go in on christmas eve stumble there and just come home and hammer two bad football teams on their home field and still take down the number one overall seed is this one of those measures where you're taking a look at it from a dallas perspective going like we absolutely have to win this game if we think we have a chance to overtake the philadelphia eagles in the division maybe the number one seed and just to get that momentum into the playoffs because that's how i feel it's being priced right now but again from an Eagles perspective, Jalen Hurts, he's not going to this game like, hey, guys, you know what? If we don't play well, it's really not that big a deal. You know what's on the line here. You know what's going to be going through the minds of the Philadelphia Eagles going into that game. Because they even talked about it yesterday when you're saying to yourself, MVP race. Jalen Hurts can't afford to go into Dallas and no-show and still get those people to be, oh, you know what? That's Jalen Hurts, Mm. man. Even though they had a record of only one loss coming into the game, you just can't trust this guy in a big moment here. That's what you're going to get. The Eagles will give him a big honest effort in that game, I do believe. But if we're just looking at it from a standpoint of who actually really needs that game, it's the Dallas Cowboys.
4: It's almost funny in a way, like, I want to get the Cowboys at a better price. You bet like Mahomes is MVP at like a plus 160 and that'll be like Cowboys money line going into that mm-hmm. football game there. I yep. I think there's a lot of people who are expecting the Eagles to lose this game because when you peel through the Eagles schedule it's like Ooh, that's the game they have to lose because they have to lose a game. And I don't know if it's going to work that way. I'll say you mentioned what happens if the Cowboys lose to the Jags? I know the Eagles are a huge favorite. I do wonder what happens if the Eagles were stunned by the Chicago Bears. Again, the Bears are we are deep into the NFL season. Coming off of a bye at home should be a a big advantage. You now, the Eagles are significantly better than this football team, but part of the reason I wanted to do this is if one of those teams are upset, I want us to be able to look back at where it was and have all of our, you know, viewers and listeners understand here. If the Eagles lost to Chicago, this all of a sudden, I feel like, would go to plus three. And then the ability to buy back could be phenomenal. Eagles-Cowboys, this still feels like a race that we're going to be following for a little while now. And it, as you mentioned, Donnie, perfectly factors into a lot more than just the division. But the conference, the win totals, and that MVP race.
2: Back with you right here
4: on Sports closing out hour number one. Just did a little look through on the Eagles and Cowboys, and and where these teams stand moving forward, and the impact that they're going to have on certain races here. We we might as well then. And I know yesterday on the show, you and Joe Ranieri talked a little bit about the different awards races in. Uh, This point in the calendar, and you mentioned the defensive player of the year between Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa, the odds for Parsons continues to creep down. I'm curious, do you think, in the same way that we view the Dallas game as going to be the most important game to the Jalen Hurts MVP race, do you guys feel that Parsons uh, is going to not need a win, but need a big game on a big stage against the Philadelphia Eagles there to hold on to his top spot?
5: Yeah, it feels like it. It does. And again, some of that little bit of that extra credit to see how you close the season with Bosa out there for the 49ers if they continue to dominate long win streak. And now that you have some guys injured on offense, you're more, excuse me, relying more on the defense. And they do have a primetime game on Thursday night, which everybody will be tuning into. But it does feel like, so much more. And I use this word like a referendum, like no other game matters, but the biggest game of the day on Christmas Eve that can go so many different directions, as you pointed out, with teams that are going to win the division, win the conference and MVP and also DPO, or excuse me, Defensive Player of the Year. But I do feel that Michael Parsons, a couple sack performance puts up two of those. He probably solidifies it because it does say a lot right now that he is the favorite in the clubhouse, to, despite not being the favorite right now to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to lead this league in sacks. And that's usually the automatic. Qualifier for a really good chance at winning that award here. So there is a lot left to be desired, but we do think that he's probably going to shine because Dallas on that big stage, they're going to get some bumps there from that for sure.
4: You know, it's it is interesting with the the different races and and where everyone kind of sits right now in this picture here. Bosa banged up a little bit as well. If the Niners get playoff locked, they're benching him week 18. Week yeah. 18 is going to no one's playing other than Cincinnati it's against the Baltimore for the AFC yeah. North. And the whole the whole thing else is just going to be a bye week.